now, if I want to go, I'm going to go. So I think I explore more, try a few more things, and just really love the freedom and the confidence. You know, my mantra in traveling now is like, I can do all things. And I think back on some of the things I did somewhere when I lived through, it's like, I can do anything. I can do it. What I like about traveling solo is that I meet so many more people going by myself as opposed to going with someone else. When you think about it, if you're traveling with someone else, you're kind of focused on that person and responsible for them as well as for yourself. But when you're solo, you're, you're wide open, you're wide open to the world. Travel creates memories. It also gives us momentum to embrace new possibilities and understand ourselves in new ways. My name is Kelly Edwards, and this is Let's Go Together, a podcast from Travel and Leisure. Our show is all about the ways travel connects us and what happens when you don't let anything stop you from seeing the world. I love to travel solo. Knowing I can go where I want and when I want gives me an amazing sense of freedom, and I get a rush from navigating each new adventure on my own. My guests this episode, Charlotte Simpson and Janice Waugh, love to explore the world solo as much as I do, but that doesn't mean they're going it alone. In their experience, traveling as a party of one can actually open you up to more new people and places than when you're with others. Shar is a retired guidance counselor and former special education teacher from Indianapolis. She shares her adventures on Instagram as Traveling Black Widow, where she's got more than 12,000 followers. Janice Waugh is the founder of Solo Traveler, an online resource and community for people traveling on their own. She's based in Toronto. For both Shar and Janice, grief has been a part of the journey, but travel helped them find a way forward. I got them together to talk about why they love going solo and what we can all learn from it. I'm Charlotte Simpson. I was married for 31 years to the love of my life who died a few years ago. Uh, we had enjoyed very much traveling, went to all 50 states and several foreign countries. After he died, I still had that travel bug. There's nothing that can take it away. I just feel like there's nothing that can happen that, that I can't figure out. I've had to figure out a lot of things. My name is Janice Watt, and my history with travel goes back very far as well. Actually, I did my first trip. It was a cycling tour for one month of England and Wales at the age of 15. And it was one of those situations where I went to my parents and I said I wanted to do this. And they said, well, if you could save the money, not suspecting that I would. I traveled a lot with partners, with my family. Uh, I have four kids. And then my husband passed away in 2006. It was a couple of years later that I thought, well, I guess I'm traveling solo. And that's when I started Solo Traveler. I love it. I love it. So I know that you're both big advocates of solo travel. So I'd love to hear what you both think about this question. Why travel alone? The number one thing that comes back is the strength um, and confidence that comes from traveling solo. That people learn how capable they truly are by being by themselves. And then I would always ask people who were alone, like, what was it like? What's the pros and cons of solo travel? And no one ever seemed to have any cons. Well, gosh, every woman I talked to, they always just think it's just the greatest thing. She took her first solo trip a couple of years after her husband died. 
and I went to Italy for 15 days alone. My luggage was lost for the first 11 days, so it threw me into having to be very outgoing and friendly and resourceful and just make all kind of adaptations for not having anything. I had only carried my purse onto the plane. I've been places that flights canceled and had to figure out where to stay overnight. There's just nothing I can't handle here. So I'm a, a much more confident person. I'm so much more outgoing, much, much friendlier, in a way, much more adventurous. Well, now, if I want to go, I'm going to go. So I think I explore more, try a few more things, and just really love the freedom and the confidence. You know, my mantra in traveling now is like, I can do all things. And I think back on some of the things I did somewhere and I lived through, it's like, I can do anything. I can do it. I've learned a lot about the world. And the reason is that I'm so much more able to talk to people when I'm traveling solo and have more in-depth conversations without someone kind of saying, well, it's time to get going now, you know. Um, these conversations have been incredibly rewarding. And how has traveling alone allowed you each to experience new cultures and places differently than you might have if you were traveling with someone else? I went to China with my sister-in-law and um, I was just so excited even before we left about going to have Peking duck dinner. And we got there and it was the only night we were really going to be able to do that. She said, oh, I don't really like duck. And I'm like, oh, I don't like duck either, but <laughs> I'll give it a try because I want to have the experience of the Peking duck dinner and, and just all that it entails. And anyhow, she didn't want to go and I uh, didn't go without her. And, and here I am years later bringing up the Peking duck dinner because I just found sometimes when I was with other people that, you know, you are accommodating. And, and I was never one to just go on off and do something by myself and leave them at the hotel. So with uh, being by myself, I really do everything that I had planned to do before I left. And when I get there, just discovering things that I want to do. I, I really like doing it my way and um, not having to negotiate or not having to miss something that I think would have really been a cool thing to do. I think that's a really big issue. Being able to do what you want when you want is really an important thing about solo travel. Part of the being alone for me is also not only when I'm exploring the destination, but when I come back to my accommodation and I'm there by myself. You heard right. Janice loves that me time and the people she meets. I not only have the opportunity to explore my destination, but then also explore the destination through the eyes of someone from somewhere else. So that might be, you know, if I'm in London, for example, um, speaking with someone from France or someone from Singapore or wherever. And not only do I see the destination through my culture and my eyes and my frame of reference, but also through theirs. And that's kind of another layer that solo travel kind of brings to me. Traveling alone offers freedom, flexibility and new connections. But it's also important to stay safe, especially as a woman going solo. We'll talk about that after a quick break.
Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back to Let's Go Together from Travel and Leisure. I'm your host, Kelly Edwards, and my guests have plenty of practice going it alone on their journeys. Let's tap into some of their wisdom. So the the typical image of a solo traveler, a blogger, or an Instagrammer is often someone who's young, in their 20s or 30s, and maybe, you know, they're finding themselves on the road. What have your experiences been like traveling solo in your 50s and beyond? And how does age impact the way you're perceived and the connections you make during your travels? I really enjoy it. And the interactions, especially in Africa, Asia, South America with the people are phenomenal. The younger people are just the cultures are so different and they're raised to have a much higher regard and respect for older people. I mean, I've been in in places in South America or Central America and even waitresses or whatever will call me auntie. You know, they're just so kind, so thoughtful, holding doors, helping with suitcases, whatever. I almost find a safety in that, that I just never feel like some teenagers would attack me or do anything wrong. They're just so respectful and so nice. I agree. I've had similar experiences. I've also had experiences with other solo travelers who are younger. They're pretty easy to spot. You know, I've had conversations with them. And I can remember one fellow, he was, uh, this was in a hostel in uh, Kauai. We'd had a couple of conversations over a few days. And then one time he looked up and he said, you're nothing like my parents. (laughs) It really made me feel great because what I was doing was shifting his understanding of what this age is like. I thought that was a pretty good thing to do. Since you both have the experience of traveling alone, especially as a woman and a seasoned woman. How do you each stay safe while traveling? Well, I don't really explore too much after dark, which I don't even do that too much in my hometown now. I've never had any kind of safety issue. When I was in Singapore, I had heard that it was so safe and I had such bad jet lag. I woke up about, I don't know, two in the morning or something and could not get back sleep. And I did go downstairs and and I asked at the desk, is Singapore as safe as I hear? And she said, you can walk all over this city. Nothing will happen to you. And so sure enough, I did go out and walked around, felt perfectly safe. But that is the only place that I've done that. At what, three in the morning? Yes, I did. And, uh, And it was amazing. I was probably walking for two hours. But that's the only place that I ever did that. I'm real cautious. I I do go out in the evening, but it's always in a heavily touristed area because there's safety in numbers. Also, one of my things I like to do when I travel and uh, to go out at night, I like to go to the opera. Now, I don't go to the opera at home. 
And I don't know anything about opera. But it's a real scene when you go out and you're traveling. So I've seen the opera in Vienna and in Athens, and it's as much the spectacle on the stage as much as the spectacle in the audience to see how that's experienced. And then, of course, I take a taxi home. You know, I play it safe. But there are things that uh, doing at night is, is quite wonderful. I feel like the best part of solo travel is that your wishes and the things that you want to do are non-negotiable because it's you yourself and you <laughs> and no one else that you need to uh, consult with. Um, what would you say to someone who's thinking about taking their first solo trip but is worried they might be lonely or bored? Well, I'd suggest that they go someplace that they know has a lot that they want to see and do. And so they probably won't be bored. They'll be exhausted. A lot of times I say, if you haven't been to New York City, you know, they speak English. There's lots to do. There's a variety of price ranges for hotels and all, or maybe London, maybe start with someplace that's your native language and has lots to see, lots of things to do. Just, you know, be well prepared and having an itinerary and just plenty of stuff that you're going to do. I think if there's a lot to do, you, you aren't thinking so much about it because there are always crowds around. You'll notice other solo people and most people, unless they're an extremely gregarious person who really just likes a lot of people around them, I'm finding more and more that people really are enjoying that freedom of being alone. I agree. And, and that once out there, people do enjoy it. Some people know how to travel, but they don't know how to travel by themselves. I suggest not to go for too long or too far away. Stay in somewhat familiar territory, but at least three days, because the first day might be, hmm, what was I thinking coming here by myself? But by the second or third day, you're there, you're running, you're fine. And there are so many options of places to go that are really fascinating and different from your own culture. For me, Nashville was just a great destination. So much fun, so much going on, really easy to navigate. They have these guides downtown for tourists, you know, so much happening with the music scene. So it was fabulous, but it's not an intimidating destination by any means. And to go someplace that really is quite different for North Americans, Montreal is a great option. And it's a very safe, very walkable city. So going to these destinations for your first time really kind of opens up the world of solo travel for you. Travel is a powerful experience. It can change our perspectives and deepen our understanding of the world and ourselves. It can also help us find a way through hard times. As widows, Shar and Janice both say traveling the globe helped them navigate grief. Travel has helped me immensely in getting over my husband and our marriage and our travels together. And with the love of travel that I have, I just knew when other people wouldn't be available that I had to have that in my life. You know, it gives me so much to look forward to, so much to plan for and think about. I research trips before I go. I have always got several trips coming up within the next year or some period of time. I get so into it. I even read fiction books about the place that I'm going so that I'm really, really ensconced in the, the culture by the time that I get there. It's really helped me a lot. That's sort of why my daughter wanted me to get on Instagram because she felt that 
I would inspire other widows to travel and, you know, explore that side of, of their life and create this new normal in your life, which is being a traveler. And, you know, not looking back, I'm able to just move forward. There's always something ahead that I'm going to do. And I just don't dwell on the past like I used to before and all that I was missing and being by myself. Uh, absolutely. I started because there had been decades of traveling with family and kids and all the rest of it. But it was just over two years after my husband died and I was falling into another round of grief and I could feel it. I could feel that I was falling. I was sitting on the couch and I just said, I guess I'm traveling solo. That was it. So I actually picked up my computer because I, I was a business writer before this and Googled solo travel. And the first thing that came up was pretty spammy. And I thought, oh, no, I'm going to give a voice to this. And so then I started, and truly, it was my path out of grief. Hitting the road pushed Janice out of her comfort zone in a positive way. Her husband had been the more extroverted half of the couple, striking up conversations with people they met on their travels. Now that she was flying solo, Janice had to find ways to connect on her own. So she turned on her more outgoing side. That's what happened, is that by him not being present, I discovered that I had taken on those skills. I'd been watching, observing, and learning for a couple of decades and not realized it. I'm an introvert, but I have learned these skills and I took them on and I've just started to apply them. That was a big surprise. It was a wonderful surprise. And I still have trouble sometimes, but I put myself out there and it just starts rolling. Are there places that you felt more or less comfortable traveling alone and why? For the most part, I, I do feel safe. I have this feeling about my own intuition that when I get any kind of sense, even if it's a daytime, that I just feel uncomfortable, then I feel like that is my own little body and mind telling me to be safe and don't proceed. Yeah, I think that people do have those instincts. And I think everyone does. It's a matter of learning to listen to them. One of the things that I have advised, you know, people that are nervous about going on their first trip is to find someplace safe before you leave and find your voice. Hmm. What do you mean by that? I mean, yell. Because we don't do that, right? We're, we're, women are typically raised to be, you know, somewhat demure, not yelling, but if you leave with the confidence that if you feel uncomfortable with someone, then you can yell in the middle of a crowd and say, get this man away from me or get this person away from me, you'll be pretty safe. They will probably take off pretty fast. Find your voice. Yes, absolutely. Use those pipes, ladies. We do a lot of talking, so I'm sure we can take it up an, enough octaves when necessary. That's for sure. You know, I think that women, especially when they get to their 50s, 55 or whatever, a lot of time has been spent taking care of family and putting other people's priorities above their own. And as a result, it's possible to lose sight of yourself and not really know who you are, what excites you about the world. When you're at home, you're defined by the people around you. They have certain expectations of you. They have expectations in terms of how you'll dress, what, you're, what kind of language you use, what your interests are, what how are you gonna spend your time? You go out and travel solo, those expectations are gone. And you can truly find out 
a lot about yourself. Where have you each been that was your most adventurous trip solo? The most exciting, unique, extraordinary place I have been to date is India. From the moment of arrival, the helter-skelter at the airport to every single day, there was something jaw-dropping just constantly. Most of the time, it was many times throughout the day. It is just, to me, the epitome of travel, the culture, the people, the religions, the cows walking down the street, the temples, the food, the language, the the multiple languages. There's just nowhere like it, just nowhere like it. I've been back, I've been three times and planning to go again, multiple times. I was gonna say the same country. It's it's truly amazing. You turn a corner and it's a different experience. You meet a family and you're at a wedding and you go up the road and you're in an ashram. It's just the experiences are so diverse and the people are so kind and so friendly. Their generosity amazed me. But I will try somewhere else for you. (laughs) Probably the biggest challenge I did physically was in Patagonia. And I went uh, down through Chile to Patagonia Torres del Paine and hiked there. And it's a big challenge, but it turned out great. Well, except for one literal bump along the way. But luckily, Janice was prepared to handle it. She was on the Navamag Ferry, which makes a four-day trip from Puerto Montt to Puerto Natales through the Patagonian fjords. It's an amazing journey. You can see penguins, whales, dolphins, glaciers, snow-capped volcanoes, and more. And then... The ferry hit an island, and so we crashed. And that was a situation where I truly found out how I could respond within a crisis situation. We were safe, but we didn't know that when they came on the loudspeaker and said, get to the top of the deck. There was a fellow that is in the cabin with me. I spoke French to him fluently, which in panic, I never thought I'd be able to do, right? I just did everything right. So it was a very challenging trip for reasons that were not expected. But that went really well, so that was a positive thing. And then I hiked the most challenging areas that I've ever hiked, and the most spectacular. When I spoke to Janice and Shar, we were all grounded due to the COVID-19 pandemic. But they each have a long list of places to go as soon as it's safe to the Holy Land, to Israel in particular. And I think of it as sort of crossing off the final country on my bucket list, Croatia, Hungary, and Czech Republic. Uh, A train trip from Toronto to San Francisco. That's the California Zephyr. Uh, Every two years, my current husband and I go to Australia where his daughter lives and uh, our grandson. So that trip is somewhere in the offing. And then I also had a trip planned to France where I was going to spend a week just with one woman speaking French all week. And she lives in a small town in the countryside. That's awesome. I really, really appreciate your time and sharing your experiences. I just wanted to give you guys both like, you know, virtual hugs and tell you thank you. I admire you both. And I love that no matter what has happened in your life, travel is still a very prominent thing for you both and that you find comfort in it because so do I. (laughs) 
You can find Char Simpson on Instagram at Traveling Black Widow. You can find Janice Waugh at solotravelerworld.com. Talking with them gave me so much hope for a future with lots of new destinations in it. Thanks to our production team at Pod People, Rachel King, Eliza Lambert, Susie Armitage, Lena Beck-Sillison, and Cheryl Duvall. This show was recorded in Los Angeles, edited in New York City, and can be found wherever you get your podcasts. You can find out more at travelandleisure.com slash podcast. You can find Travel and Leisure on Instagram at Travel and Leisure, on Twitter at Travel Leisure, and on TikTok at Travel and Leisure Mag. And if you're looking for me, I'm Kelly Set Go Everywhere. And that's Kelly with two E's on the end.